Welcome to the Drop-Off. Epic conversations about the workforce of today and the talent of tomorrow. Featuring candid, pointed conversations with influential business leaders. Here's your host, Nicole Real. Thanks for tuning in to the Drop-Off. I'm Nicole Real, and today I'm very excited to welcome the former and recently retired president and CEO of the Buell Foundation and EPIC founding board member, Susan Steele. Susan has been a strong advocate for early childhood development for over 30 years and currently serves as the governor-appointed co-chair for the Early Childhood Leadership Commission. She is a force for good and has been a leading changemaker for children and families in Colorado. I've been fortunate to know Susan both personally and professionally for a number of years. She serves really as an inspiration and a mentor to many, and she has a wealth of knowledge in early childhood care and education and a passion around the topic, which we are all hoping she will continue to share as she enters her retirement. Thank you for joining us today, Susan. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, we're just going to dive into the first question this morning. So first, I'd love to have the audience learn a little bit about you. So can you tell us about your career background in the private and philanthropic sector? Nicole, happy to do that. Um, I think the key word here is serendipity. I began my career as a middle school math teacher in Albuquerque. And after several years, moved back to Denver to and moved into the accounting field and spent many years as an accountant for private businesses, private family businesses, really, here in the Denver area. In that role, I met the then executive director of the Buell Foundation. And truly, it was the first time that I really knew about foundations or that whole world. So he was in a situation where he needed someone to come and do accounting, but he also was opening up the Buell Mansion as an event center and cultural museum. So I was there at the right time with the right skills. I had the accounting background and unknown to him at the time, but my father was a chef. And so I had spent many years in the entertainment and hospitality industry. So that's the serendipity of two really widely diverse skills being needed in the same place at the same time. That That's what got me to the Buell Foundation. And interestingly enough, circled back to my educational background because of getting into early childhood. Wow, that's such a cool story. Um, I love the the word serendipity and really it does play out oftentimes in people's careers. And we do hear that sometimes when we talk to our executives and our partners on this podcast. So really fun story and background. So you really do have such an impressive 30-year history with the Buell Foundation. And you mentioned it a little bit, but can you tell us more about your tenure and how you really grew as a leader in the early childhood space specifically here in Colorado through that role? Absolutely. I was at the Buell Foundation uh, when they decided, sat back and decided what they wanted to do, what they wanted to be when they grew up. Mr. Buell had, um, of course, decided what he wanted to um, support with his charity and philanthropy. And he had made many multi-million dollar promises that we needed to pay off. But in the mid-90s, that was all concluding. And the Buell board sat around the table and said, how can we make a difference? What do we want to do? Mr. Buell gave very limited guidance, but it was wonderful guidance. It's how do you meet a pressing need of the times? And using that philosophy, we sat back or they sat back. I got to listen 
and went around the table and came up with what would be really important things. And these were diverse people around the table with different backgrounds, different ages. And they came up with the idea of we really want to concentrate on children, youth and families, which is huge, but it does eliminate a lot of things, interesting things like architecture, land use, animals, whatever. So that was the beginning of it. And I was there to learn and learned along with them. After about three years, they decided to fully buy into early childhood education. So I was learning right along with them and growing right along with them. How do you, how do you work in early childhood education? At the time, people thought we were crazy. They said, this is a big black hole. You can't make a difference. Well, we were just stubborn enough to think that we could make a difference. And I think maybe we've proven that after all of these years. So we decide, how do you make a difference? You have to find, you have to focus. So we decided to start with the most logical unit for us, which was a child care center. We didn't think we had the capacity to uh, you know, really meet and work with families, all the families, but we thought that we could work with the child care centers. And very quickly learned about capacity, quality, and lack thereof, um, lack of money, lack of resources. So I think really taking it one step at a time, building our knowledge one step at a time, and I was doing the same thing all along. When you're committed um, to doing this work and committed to doing it right, not just doing it, but doing it right, that means you learn how to do it. And that really was Buell's philosophy and certainly mine. And over 30 years, that's a lot of knowledge and a lot of interactions. Well, I would certainly agree that the Buell Foundation has followed Mr. Buell's guidelines and recommendations with regards to addressing um, our most pressing issues, because of course, this is so important and it's a very pressing issue of the times and I'm sure will continue to be. You know, thinking back to how you started your career, did that feed into you developing this passion for early childhood as well? You know, was that something that helped shape you as an advocate? Um, You know, I know that you also have a financial background, So how did those two pieces really tie into you developing this knowledge and passion for early childhood? I taught middle school math and uh, a little bit at the high school level as well. So my initial interest was really aimed at older children and uh, recognizing even very young in my career as a teacher, recognizing that the lack of foundations for kids, foundations in math at that point, but foundation in general really was showing up already by seventh grade. And so that was in the back of my head. I think then I had kids of my own and paid attention to that. And then um, going back to the previous question, as I learned more about it as part of Buell, uh, the more you learn about it, how can you not be a passionate advocate for this early stage? You know, in the mid-90s, which is when we were making our decisions, was when all the brain research came out and even the research around social emotional foundations. And if you are confronted with or aware of this information, it's pretty hard not to be super involved and super passionate about it. And I think that's what happened to me. That's awesome. I love how those things came together. And so, you know, just to finish that up, the math part carried over and the accounting part carried over. I was moving into the idea of education but you have to do it financial in a financially responsible way and understand the numbers and understand evaluation. So that really was the connect uh, for all of those pieces. 
Yeah. And one thing that we really find in our work with Epic too is, you know, you really do have to understand the business behind early care and education and early childhood in general, because it is such a complex financial system and really understanding many of the challenges the industry has goes right alongside with understanding some of those financial pieces as well. Well, at the most basic sense, you can't run a center unless you know how to budget. I mean, and I think that that's, as you've learned, and as we've learned at Epic, that's not a skill that a lot of people have. And so if you can't afford to hire that skill, it is a, it is a missing piece and it often affects your ability to do the work. For sure. So a major focus of your career and the grant making that you've done at the Beale Foundation has clearly had a really big focus on relationship building, but also impacting things at the local community level across the entire state of Colorado. Can you tell us more about that approach and that vision and really that intentionality that we've seen from you and the team at the Beale Foundation? From the beginning, as I said, when we wanted to work with the individual child care centers, that pretty quickly suggested to us that it, you need to be on the ground. You need to be out there learning, actually in their environment, learning about what it's like for them. Um, you can't do that from afar. And even after years and years of doing that, it's still sometimes a wake-up call to go into a community and learn how what's actually going on in the community. I certainly learned some new things when I was on the stakeholder engagement tour for the new department. So I think that was something we knew from the beginning. And also Mr. Buell was very clearly dedicated to Colorado. He did most of his buildings here, a few others in some surrounding states, but this was his home and his focus and passion. So he had a clear focus on Colorado as well. That interest carried over. We intentionally carried over that interest. We also felt like we can make a bigger difference there. You learn things locally. I I always have a funny story about being out locally, grabbing a, a Diet Coke and picking up the local newspaper and reading all about what the Buell Grant was doing in, a, in one of the small towns in Colorado. So you never miss an opportunity to go out there and whatever resource you can find to really get the lay of the land. Yeah, totally agree with that. And, you know, having been to some of the towns across Colorado, you know, what happens uh, in counties or areas where you have agriculture as a primary business and, you know, what you need in Sterling or Pete's Colorado is vastly different than what you see in Elgebel or maybe resort communities, mountain communities, um, so I think it's it's great that you guys are taking the approach of really being very nuanced and working with the communities themselves to understand what those needs are, what does that look like locally, and how you can support that. A very wise person told me once, get yourself out of the echo chamber. If you're talking only who people who think like you, you're not going to get new ideas or new thoughts, then you're not going to be able to open yourself to new possibilities. So. I think that's uh, that's kind of the cardinal rule behind uh, going out locally and really listening. Great advice. So as co-chair of Colorado's Early Childhood Leadership Commission, you really helped spearhead the effort to create an independent state department dedicated to early childhood here in Colorado. Can you tell us more about that implementation and really what a department dedicated to this issue can help achieve in our state? Absolutely. It was truly one of the most interesting and uh, 
challenging things um, to be a part of, to be able in less than nine months to put together the ideas for uh, our key aspects of a new Department of Early Childhood. In our, we were charged with getting stakeholder input. So again, getting out of that echo chamber and actually listening to the families and listening to the providers. So that was an important part of all of this. And I think to answer the second part of your question, that's why this will be successful and why it's so exciting is because it's based on the needs of the people being served. Um, I think it is well for the whole idea of taking just all of the strings of things that have been going on for 30 years in Colorado, clear back to Governor Romer's time and beyond and bringing that all together and putting it into this department of early childhood is an amazing thing. But it doesn't, it's just not a conversion of something else. It is something new. So be able to implement this in a really short amount of time would have been a big job. But we also have, which we'll probably talk about, UPK coming up pretty quickly. And that's their number one thing to do. So you're building this and having something specific to do in a timeline. It's, it's amazing, but they have uh, gotten so far along in confirming mission and vision and goals and really hiring some amazing people to lead it up, lead it up all of the work that has to be done. They've um, really built on what's come before, which I think is really important. They're really, we've done some wonderful things over the last 30 years. I, I don't want to start all over. And so I think that's really, um, the key aspect of all of this. And I think they've done such a nice job. It's not perfect. Everyone knows it. They know it. We still have a lot of things to learn and do, but they've made remarkable strides and couldn't be more proud of, of that and the role that I played in uh, getting that all written down in a, in a planning document. Well, I know that wasn't without a significant investment in time and effort and passion and everything else. Mm-hmm. So thank you for all of your work on that and your commitment to that. And I also just agree. I think it's so important. It started with the needs of our Colorado families and our Colorado providers and what they said they needed and wanted and how they needed a system to look like. So mm-hmm. excited that we have worked on that now in our state and, and have that launching and rolling out. So we also had the chance to attend the State of the State address last week um, for Governor Jared Polis. And of course, we also heard about the launch of Universal Preschool for Families that same day and know that you also played a big role in that. So what does it mean to you to see this new program launch? And the secondary question to that is, what are you most proud of when it comes to Colorado's work to provide access to high quality care and early education experiences for children across these years? As far as UPK is concerned, it is a really important step in a longer vision and, and a longer project. You know, we, as I mentioned, we have worked for 30 years and, and have put many pieces of infrastructure into place, like the councils, like many other things. And a, a next step was um, univer- uh, was uh, full-day kindergarten, uh, which was an important step, which the governor helped um, put in place very quickly. UPK is the next step, and it is really important that we do it well. It's really, if you know, just to do it, if we don't do it well, we won't see the outcomes that we know we can from high-quality services. So we need to do it well. We need to remember that it is universal and we want to make sure that it gets to all the kids and all the families that need it around the state, even in more difficult places to reach. 
and we need to make sure that we're supporting the the people that do it. So uh, the teachers and the other staff that make this happen. I think these are all important steps in uh, in in the journey. But that's just part of it. We need to keep building on that with the other things that um, need to happen. I do believe that we eventually will have a system that will maximize all the resources. I think it's it, this will include family support and family involvement. There, This is an important part of a child's life, and families should be involved in this. But there are other opportunities and other funding sources to continue to do this. And so I see it as a step, although a monumental step. I guess that's how I would uh, sum that up. Yeah, and I know a lot of states are watching us right now, too. They're <laughs> interested to see how this works, what happens, how well does this go. And so far, it seems like we've we've got a really great system and model that community preschool providers, ranging from public school to providers, are working well within. And, of course, um, a huge amount of parent interest. I think about 12,000 applications submitted from parents mm-hmm. the first day it launched. So... Clearly, a lot of need and interest from families across Colorado, too. I think it's important to know that the attitude now, because it is difficult, it's new. People don't like change. As I said before, we didn't just adopt somebody else's. We're creating our own. So I think the attitude that I hear that I'm so excited about is we'll get this done. It doesn't say it's going to be easy or we've we've got it all accomplished, but we'll get this done, which reminds me of Jim Collins. Don't tell me that it can't be done. Tell me how it can be done and let's work on it, you know? And I think uh, that's really got to be the attitude right now on something as big as all of this. Yeah, I love that. I'm sure 30 years ago, there would have been plenty of people who would have told you that that can't be done when it comes to universal preschool in Colorado. But Well, they told us we couldn't do philanthropy in early childhood. Are you kidding? So Yeah, <laughs> here we are today. <laughs> that's Resilience true. We just out there to prove them wrong. <laughs> Resilience and vision. Right. So, of course, along with this new Department of Early Childhood, Universal Preschool, so many other things you've done, you're leaving a strong and important legacy here in Colorado. What message would you send to emerging leaders and advocates in the early childhood and philanthropic space? Well, you know, many years ago, almost 15 years ago, Buell created the, what, the Buell Early Childhood Leadership Program which was a master's level certificate program to really uh, give skill sets and tools to people that were going to go into leadership in the early childhood field in Colorado. Well, I got to learn along with them. There are a lot of things that help you to be a better leader. And one of the big lessons that they taught was to be able to lead from any chair. And it doesn't mean you have to be the president, as I was so fortunate to be able to be, but on many committees I served on, I was not the chair. So it is an important thing to recognize that you can be an advocate. You can make a difference from wherever you sit. I think that was a huge lesson for me. The other lesson, and people that know me will think this is silly, but the other lesson is don't be afraid to speak up. And there, it is hard sometimes. It is daunting sometimes to speak up in, especially in a room where people are um, not thinking as you do. But you, I think you have the responsibility to do that, to bring your ideas, to not assume that your ideas have to be the only right way to do it, but to bring your ideas to the table and really create a conversation 
it's harder in, in our world today, it's harder to do that because we're so polarized, but it's critical. And this is an example. If you bring the ideas of families, if you bring the ideas of family, friend, and neighbor providers, if you bring the ideas of philanthropy all around the table, they're not going to be the same, but they certainly could, um, can work together for um, a better outcome. You hit it on the head right there. You know, the outcome is ultimately better and it's more representative of those voices, those opinions, those experiences. When you do have that uh, variety of people and perspectives at the table. So, you know, going to, to your role at the Buell Foundation, you know, the Buell Foundation was recognized as foundation of the year in 2012. And you were recognized in 2015 as outstanding professional grant maker by the Association of Fundraising Professionals, the Colorado chapter. Can you tell me a bit about your accolades and some of the most meaningful accomplishments during your career in philanthropy? And, you know, also Buell Foundation, you know, you and your role, you're looked up to by many other philanthropic partners and organizations. What do you hope your philanthropic counterparts and partners in the community will also continue to pursue and do with regards to childcare and early education? Well, I think one of the lessons we learned at the Buell Foundation is in order to make a difference, you have to focus. There are so many important, important needs uh, and have been for 30 years and will be into the future. But if you are actually going to make a difference, we believe, and I really, truly, personally believe, you have to focus and, and be good at something. So the suggestion I would be would make is that you pick something that you're passionate about, pick something that um, you know something about, and then dedicate yourself to making a difference. And that's true for individually. I mean, it was true for me, but it was it's also true for foundations. Um, our foundations in Colorado do remarkable work. Sometimes they skitter around and go here and go there and go here and go there, and I think that's harder to help focus into change. So that's one of the suggestions that I would make. The other one is uh, going back to the idea of relationships, I think, for the foundation and for me. We tried really hard to create an atmosphere where you could trust us. You can call us when there's a problem. You can call us and say, this isn't working. Could you do this differently? Could you think about doing this differently? Uh, Susan, you've been doing this 30 years, but could you think of a whole different way of looking at it? And I think if you can do that, if you can open it up to the needs of others and other ways of doing things, then I think you really can make a difference. And I believe those were important parts of um, the accolades that both Buell and I received. Do you hope that other foundations and other philanthropic organizations who aren't working in the early childhood space right now will identify that as something that they want to work on as well? Oh, surely I do. I will say that philanthropy tends to go in cycles. And about 10 years ago, we had a super big cycle for early childhood with many, many of our funding uh, partners or uh, peers working in early childhood. So I, I think it may be a while before it circles back around to being the um, issue of the times, the pressing need of the times in some people's opinion. I think our wonderful Prop E creating the universal preschool program, it was magnificent. Some people think that solved the problem. So we have some educating and persuading and perhaps even sales to do about the importance of early childhood for donors, for philanthropy, for individuals. We need to keep pressing that. 
Yeah, important to remember that for all of the good things that Universal Preschool provides, it does not solve the problem that our entire <laughs> system has, right? <laughs> oh, big step, big step. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So what do you hope the early childhood industry will look like 10 years from now? You know, what, what do you hope will be accomplished for the benefit of children and families in Colorado for the future? I think that we do need to identify some long-term goals. And I think that that many people are working on that. Some of the planning with the uh, preschool development grant, some of the work of the early childhood leadership commission, but I do think we need to have goals and that'll be really important. I also think we need to recognize that we're not going to go from here to there in one step. So I, I hope that we will be able to uh, establish a path and some markers and uh, con- continuing to take a bite of the elephant at a time to move towards the goal. But certainly, I would hope that we would have high-quality, effective experiences wherever they are, home-based kinds of things, at home with parents, um, out in centers and head starts, wherever it is. I hope that would be highly effective and based on best practices. I hope that 10 years that we have educated and rewarded the teachers that do this work. They need the skills. They need the training. They need, you know, you can love kids and that's a great start, but you need some tools to be able to do this. So I hope we've effectively given those teachers and people that want to be teachers the tools to do that. And then I hope that we've, um, my number side is going to come out. I hope that we've really built on the idea of accountability and that we don't just assume it's good and making a difference, but we actually take the time to measure it and make changes based on that measurement so that we can, at the end of the day, say that it's a really effective program for kids and families. So well said. Such a great (laughs) mission. And I hope that we do get there. (laughs) I know many of us are working hard on it. So so switching over to the retirement side, Mm -hmm. you've got a well-deserved next phase of your life here. What are your plans and next steps? Well, that's probably the hardest question you've asked me. Um, it's been a short amount of time since the end of the year. And so far, I have to tell you, it just feels like vacation. And that's wonderful, right? So I don't really know yet what it's going to feel like. I do know that I will always be interested in the work and nosy enough to be keeping up with everything that's going on. So I'm still working with the, as a co-chair of the commission and still on the board of DPP. And I intend to find other things that will be interesting. And I hope where my skills will make a difference, but, um, you know, keep the personal connections because that's so important. And, uh, but I don't know for, I mean, I don't have a master plan and I think that's okay too. That is okay. And it's a great feeling, you know, feeling like you're on vacation. So I'm glad that it <laughs> yeah. feels that way. Yeah. Every day is Saturday. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I had my last question, which was, do you still plan to advocate in your spare time? But certainly it sounds like that is a yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, well, thank you, Susan, today for your contributions to the drop-off, epic conversations about the workforce of today and the talent of tomorrow. We are so excited for you as you enter retirement, and we sincerely thank you for your service to early childhood care and education and really everything that you've done here in Colorado, and we know you'll continue to do and support here in Colorado as well. Um, so thrilled that you'll be able to continue as an EPIC member and, you know, advocate for children and families here in Colorado. So really thank you for your time today. It's been wonderful speaking with you and just learning more about this journey you've been on and 
Sounds like you've got an exciting new journey ahead of you as well. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nicole. The Drop-Off is a production of Executives Partnering to Invest in Children. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about our organization, visit coloradoepic.org.